Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the April 13th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. And we are now transitioning into the post-NFL, post-college basketball world. Obviously, NFL ended a little while ago, but that just kind of transitioned right into the college basketball season. So what this podcast is going to be like for the next few months until the NFL season comes back, which is really only, what, four months away? I'm uh, going to be doing some interviews with some people in the sports betting world. So if there's anyone you want me to interview, if there's anyone you think should come on the podcast, let me know, uh, and I will try to have them on. But today's episode, I'm talking to Joe Osborne, obviously of Odd Shark, my former co-worker, a little Guys and Bets throwback for those of you who remember the Guys and Bets show uh, while I was working at Odd Shark. Uh, great, fun conversation with him, talked MLB, talked NBA playoffs, uh, mostly just kind of shot the shit a little bit. And then I finished that interview off with a new segment that I'm introducing now called Decide Your Future. I name two futures with similar odds, and the guest has to decide which of the two futures they would rather bet on in theory, of course. I'm not forcing them to place bets. <laughs> but other than that, that's all I have, because um, golf, I mean, I've already, for the RBC Heritage this week, I've already done a video breaking down my best bets. I've written plenty of articles, including my betting preview, where I give out key stats and things like that, so there's no sense repeating myself about the RBC Heritage. Uh, I will, on these episodes, be giving out MLB picks in the future, but it's a little too early in the season for me to do that on the podcast because I don't really have too many stats to dive into. I have been placing some bets, but they've mostly just been based on pitchers I like or teams who I think are generally undervalued. So not a whole lot to expand on in terms of statistics and reasoning. So no MLB picks. This is just an interview uh, with my friend and former co-worker Joe Osborne. It's a fun interview. Uh, so get ready to dive into that. And of course, uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it. That really helps the show out. I appreciate that. But without further ado, because like I said, I have nothing else to talk about. Let's just dive right into it. Uh, and fun interview with the Joe Osborne. Follow him on Twitter. I, you probably already are at JTFOZ. Um, but this is the April 13th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's go. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Hello, I am joined by Joe Osborne of Odd Shark, my former co-worker, as most of you know, at JTFOZ on Twitter. He's joined me joining me on the show today to talk two big things. First, he's going to give me a player-by-player breakdown of, of his fantasy teams, which I know he loves to do. And then we are going to rank the top 10 hottest people in sports betting. Uh, thank you for joining me, Joe. I'm excited for that second part. Ian, baby. 
It's about time you invited me on, man. We've been talking about this for like a year, and now you moved down to New York. You're making all this money now. You got a yeah. girlfriend, and you know you had a good NFL season. But now you're finally coming around. You're probably you're looking to get the numbers up, right? Yeah, I mean, I would have had you on earlier, but it, it took me a while to save up for your you know ten thousand dollar appearance fee. So I finally yeah. saved up enough money. I could finally pay it. So I, now I can finally have you on. I'm excited to have you on. I don't come cheap, man. I got bills to pay. So what are we talking about here? What are we going to get into? And what type of demographic is the audience for the Bacon Bets podcast? Is this mainly Trump voters? Or are we talking Kaepernick supporters? I'm not really into politics myself, but uh, what are we getting into here? Coming from the guy whose fantasy team, speaking of fantasy, was re-elect Trump back in the day. <laughs> that was uh, meant to get people going. People yeah. who didn't know me in the league, they're like, What's up with this dude? <laughs> uh, I still think about that. That was one of one of my favorite names. Uh, let's talk a little. Let's talk a little uh, Major League Baseball. Sure. A little. A little NBA. Uh, yeah. Did you stay up? Because I know obviously it's extreme. It was super late for me, and I was even more later for you. Did you stay up for the full UFC card this past weekend? I did. I have trouble sleeping um, during UFC fights, especially where I have money involved. Mm-hmm. And I did have uh, – I, I did pre- I made three bets. I did two and one. I went two and one, and I hit on my big one, which was Volkanovski to win by KO slash TKO. I got mm-hmm. that at plus 240. But uh, once again, Ian, I lost a lot of money on a Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling fight. Um and it was, you know, maybe I should have learned my lesson the first time around, you know, and anyone who knows the UFC knows what happened in that first fight. It was probably the worst bad beat in the history of mixed martial Stop arts there. betting if you were on yeah. Piotr Yawn. And, man, I don't think he got robbed by any means, but it could have went either way. You know what I mean? I don't really believe that uh, Sterling had a 10-8 round in either of the second or the third round. And I don't know how you give Sterling the first round, so... Obviously, I'm biased, so I scored a, a razor-thin decision for Jan, but that sucked. Um, but in the uh, Shemaev-Burns uh, fight, I had over one and a half rounds, and uh, that worked out. That got a bit sweaty, went right down to uh, – obviously went to decision. But in the second round, things really started to heat up. So, yeah, I did stay up, um, and I sleep horrible on those uh, UFC yeah. big pay-per-view nights. So, yeah, I had no issue staying up for that one. What were what were the odds in over one and a half for Burns and Shemayev? I didn't even, didn't even consider uh, that. Though. It was minus 120. And I thought I like that it. was a very fair number. It was one of these – Shemayev was a monster favorite, which made no sense whatsoever. Burns was a bigger underdog in that fight than he was versus Usman, who's yeah. the consensus number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Yeah. And he's going against a guy who hasn't fought anybody. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm saying, like, talking like this after the fact a little bit, I didn't bet on Burns to win the fight. And you could have made an argument that he did win that fight. That was also a very close decision, right? But, yeah, uh, but I, yeah that, I, that was inflated. I did bet on Burns, and it was exactly for that reason. I, it was kind of a value bet. I didn't fully expect to win it. Uh, even at the end, I mean, I still gave Chamayev the decision, but uh, that was the odds for that fight were just disrespectful. Burns is one of the best fighters in the UFC. I agree. And, you know, he uh, his last loss was versus Usman. That's, uh, you know, you can't really hold that against him too much. But, yeah, I think Chamayev ended up getting humbled a little bit in that one despite the win. You know, people were talking about him like, oh, my God, this is comparable to John Jones when he was on his come up. 
And he's still very good, and he's still very well might be the champion a year from now. But it's kind of, you know, we have to learn our lesson. How many times in the UFC have we seen these mega prospects come up and they hit some sort of wall? You know, of right. course, the examples of Sage Northcutt and Paige Van Zandt, those are extreme. <laughs> those are extreme. Shout out Sage Northcutt. I forgot about that guy. But we've even seen him with LaShawn uh, O'Malley. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's had a couple of bad performances. He doesn't like to get hit, right? And the same with uh, Shamaya there. His uh, his defense was pretty shitty throughout that fight. But, you know, maybe people will learn their lesson. Maybe I will, too, because I didn't bet on Burns, like I said. But uh, next time around, when an opportunity like this presents itself, I'll know what to do. Did you think the fight was scored right? Did you have Shamaya winning? I think he probably edged him out, but it's a situation where if Burns won, it's not like, oh, my God, robbery. You know, it, either guy could have got it. Maybe it was a 51% to 49% type of thing. But they're uh, talking, going a little bit back and forth on uh, Twitter, uh, talking about a, a five-round fight. I wouldn't mind seeing them mm-hmm. run that back because I don't know if Covington's going to take that fight against Shamayev. I think Covington beats him. And I saw that he is plus 105 uh, for that. I don't know how long those plus odds would last for him. Now, I know people don't like Covington, but here's the thing. He's extremely talented, right? Uh, we saw what he did to Masvidal. Talk about overrated, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I would like to see them run that back. Even if they do it right away, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, I've watched a few UFC cards with you. I've watched a couple Super Bowls with you. Uh, one of my favorite things about watching live sports with you is you are a big commentary guy. You need to hear what's being said. Ian, I absolutely <laughs> love watching sports by myself. Yeah. I love it. It is the absolute best. I have people, hey, Joe, you want to come over and watch a UFC pay-per-view on Saturday night? <laughs> Hell no. I'm not driving to your house. I'm going to get comfortable at my place with my snacks and my sweats and just be there by myself and listen to the commentary, the John Anik, the Joe Rogan stuff, the Daniel Cormier, whoever. I like to take it all in. And I think that comes from I went to, uh, I went to broadcasting school, right? So right. I've always kind of enjoyed the art of broadcasting. You know, I like that. Uh, I like listening to uh, Bob Costas call a baseball game. I have a lot of appreciation for Al Michaels, um, I've really come to like Troy Aikman over the years. You know, there's there's uh, there's some guys who are god-awful. The Monday Night Football booth, for example, has been just trash the past couple seasons. So thankfully, they got Aikman and Buck in there now. But, but yeah, I, I've been watching the big UFC with a group of guys, and they're all drunk, and no one yeah. knows what the hell they're talking about. And I'm sitting there, like, you know, just locked right in, glued in, trying to take every single thing in. I remember um, I'm a big George St. Pierre fan being from Canada, right? And his last fight against Michael Bisping, I could not wait to watch it. I end up going over to my neighbor's house, and there's like 12 other guys there. Half of them are just pissed drunk. They don't know what they're talking about, and it just totally ruined the experience, right? And I've had many experiences like that where, you know, you can't really take it in. Maybe I'm a little little uptight about it that way, but uh, hey, that's just the way it is. The one I remember specifically is uh, uh, McGregor against Habib. I was pretty, I was like, like my second or third week working at Odd Shark, and we watched it as there was a big group of us in the office that night, and we got pretty tipsy by the time that fight happened. And I remember you, like, because remember, like, uh, like Habib, like, jumped the cage and everything. And I remember you, you were right up to the TV, 
like trying to listen into all the what everyone uh, what the broadcast was saying while everyone was talking about uh, about it. So uh, yeah, I distinctly remember that. But actually, that actually brings up a question. You just mentioned that the reason why you like to listen to these guys is because you went to broadcasting school. What are your thoughts on Tony Romo? Because Tony Romo, I feels like a very polarizing figure in the broadcasting world. Do you like the way that to- Tony Romo calls games? At, at first, it was cool. You know, he had the crystal ball out there predicting all the plays that were going to happen. Then it, it got a little too gimmicky. Uh, and maybe he was trying a little bit too hard. Sometimes you just have to let the game breathe a little bit, right? And um, I don't know. Some people get really annoyed by it. I don't. You know, it doesn't really bother me too much, but it is something that you definitely do notice. And the the thing with the NFL, I wouldn't care if it was a couple total bums calling it. Like I've talked about how the Monday Night Football booth the past couple of years has been trash. You know, I don't necessarily right. watch something due to who's calling the game, right? That just adds to the experience a little bit, right? right? And it can help. It can boost it, give you something less to complain about, hopefully, if the guys are good. But but it's funny, the crazy money that these guys are making. You hear about Romo getting, I don't know, what is it, $15 million per season to call, it, call uh, a game a week, which is kind of insane. But, hey, good for him. Uh, speaking of NFL, how do you feel about uh, the move that your Dolphins made, signing uh, Tyreek Hill? Good. So, you know, I'm sick and tired, Ian, of defending Tua, right? You know this. I'm the right. Tua supporter yes. now. Did, did the Dolph- if if I could go back and reverse what they did in the draft, yes, I'm going to take Justin Herbert. I'm not an idiot. He looks right. like he's going to be a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Where Tua is very much still a project. But here's the thing: the guy hasn't given been given a chance to succeed at all. He's been set up absolutely horrible. The worst offensive line in football. No running game. Whatsoever, the best running back he's had in his two years is Duke Johnson, who they picked up off the waiver wire. Right, the best receiver he's had is uh, Jalen Waddle, his buddy from Alabama. After that, they're pretty damn shallow. There's been a revolving door uh, of offensive coaches, offensive coordinators, offensive line coaches. The head coach Brian Flores absolutely hated him, playing the yo-yo game with him, putting him in, taking him out, put him in, take him out. So he hasn't been set up to succeed. And um, I, I find he's he's kind of fallen into that punching bag category of quarterbacks on Twitter. You know, the Kirk Cousins guys, the Mitch Trubisky, whenever they do something wrong, people like to point it out. But, hey, they're setting the offense up for him. They've kind of rebuilt one side of the offensive line. So they might go from absolutely horrendous to an average offensive line. And they got some nice weapons for him here, too. And they got a pretty innovative head coach. I'm pretty excited about uh what the Dolphins have prepared here in 2022. You know, they haven't been too far off. They missed the playoffs the past two seasons by a single game. But as you know, your fandom of the Falcons, uh, you can relate. It has not been easy being a fan of the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's putting it lightly. I'm entering some dark years for the Falcons. I'm, I've kind of, I mean, at this point this season, I'm basically going to be a Colts fan so I can cheer on that ride. Um, one team I want to talk about, a team that we both cheer for, though, because this is a mm-hmm. team that I've already sold myself on. I have tweeted out that the city of Toronto can start planning the parade route already. <laughs> Our Toronto Blue Jays. Is, yes. is my confidence in the Blue Jays justified? Can they win it? Will they go on a run? Do you have any concerns about the Toronto Blue Jays? Um, well, they absolutely can win it, but um, it's not World Series or bust. 
for the Toronto Blue Jays by any means. Now, you take a look at them on the odds board. They have the second best odds to win the World Series, the first best odds uh, to win the American League. Now, it is World Series, a bus for a team like the Dodgers, and has to be for a team like the Yankees, too, even though they're not really built to win one, just the amount of money that they spend. But this team is so talented. They're stacked offensively, probably, probably is the best offense in in all of major league baseball. I, I don't think, you know, there's not too much of a debate there really. Um, you know, one thing I kind of looked at coming to the season, it was like, well, they don't have that. The certain rotation is great. It's solid. A lot of depth there, but they don't have that big time. Number one starter like Kershaw during his prime or even the Max Scherzer uh, type of guy. But then again, the Braves didn't have that last year and things worked out pretty good for them. There's always concerns about the bullpen. I don't know what we have with the bullpen yet. Jordan Romano looks pretty damn good closing out games, though. He set the Blue Jays' all-time record for consecutive uh, saves. So he looks pretty solid there. But they just got got to improve based on compared to last season, right? So they not only have to get into the playoffs, obviously. They have to win a series. I would be satisfied if they can get to the ALCS. Um, But like I said, I don't think it's World Series or bust. Uh, it's kind of hard to bet on them, though. Plus 750 to win the World Series because baseball is like hockey, right? Once you get into the playoffs, it's not necessarily the best team on paper that's going to win. But, uh, right. you know, I'll, I'll keep my fingers crossed that that will be the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. That's my, my favorite memory of all of sports, man. Joe Carter hitting that walk-off home run. I think you might have been. Were you even born when that happened? Uh, was that the first or second World Series? I was the second, 93. So I was about eight months old. Okay. So you remember it well then? I do, just like it was yesterday. Yeah, so that's my – I still get goosebumps when I see that. I still get goosebumps when I see uh, the Jose Bautista versus the, the Texas that, Rangers and the ALDS. That was, I was watching that by myself, really enjoying that one. And I remember jumping up out of my seat, man. That was just unreal. So uh, there's a lot of excitement, but it's like it's not – you know, World Series are bust. This team is built for, you know, to be good for many years to come. Hopefully they don't cheap out and they pay uh, Vladdy and, uh, and Bo Bichette. Uh, but I don't think that'll be an issue. So uh, very excited the Blue Jays are on the come up. Yeah, my favorite Blue Jays memory, the one that sticks out, is definitely the Joey Bats bat flip. I was uh university, tiny TV in the corner of a room. I think we were in the process of moving out. Uh, myself and uh, our good friend Robert Trites and Josh Daniels watching it. Uh, that was an electric moment. Uh, I want another moment like that, but the bullpen concerns me the most more than anything, not only because that's probably the, the weakest part of the team, but also because I feel like every team that I cheer for is cursed to blow big leads. Uh, and what's going to cause a blown a blown lead in Major League Baseball? It's going to be the bullpen. Yeah, it's it's too early to say with any of these bullpens, really. That's why yeah. uh, my, my betting volume has been light, so I'll be sticking the first five inning betting uh, for yeah. at least the first couple of weeks till we know what we have here, right? But the blue they're not going to be afraid to spend at the deadline either. So if they do need a couple arms, whether it be to solidify the starting rotation or you know a couple big-time relievers, they're not going to be scared to do that. So, uh, yeah, now was the time. They're, they're built to win, and they're built to last. Uh, speaking of betting strategies, do you just blindly bet the Rays at home because of your love for Tropicana Field? <laughs> the biggest dump in all of professional sports. <laughs> 
and I, I put this out on Twitter, and some some Rays fans uh, get annoyed at me. And first of all, I'm surprised <laughs> the Rays actually have fans. Do they have to? Don't they pay people to come to their games? But yeah, that's what I heard. Have you ever seen the turf there? I've seen like it, it looks like something you'd see on a, a putt putt course, like a sunburnt <laughs> sunburnt like mini golf course turf. It's like it's it's 2022. It's professional sports. Move the team to Montreal. They were talking about splitting the season with Montreal. Yeah, that would be a, a great way to attract free agents, right? Um, but, yeah, I don't think that team uh, – what are you doing, Tampa Bay? The, the people don't support the team. That is a funny team. you got to give them credit, too. The team is built off of, you know, guys who are 38 years old who played on eight different teams with a bunch of guys they draft when they were 14, right? So it's a strange combination of players, but but they've made it work. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, some NBA playoffs here. Mm-hmm. I am noted not an NBA guy, so you're going to know about the playoffs way more than me. Um, is it is it just me? Maybe this is just kind of my outsider, non-NBA perspective, but is are the NBA playoffs more wide open than it has been in a long time? Yes, very much so. Um, it's there's a handful of teams here, probably six, six or seven, maybe even eight teams. I'm looking at the odds board right now that have a realistic shot at winning it. And the NBA wasn't like that for a while. I think it was what four or five consecutive years when it was the Warriors versus the Cavs in the finals. And we, right. everyone knew that those were the two favorites at the start of the year. And uh, that's what we ended up seeing. So there was no, no drama whatsoever, no parody whatsoever. And, yeah, the the league is stacked. They're getting away from the super teams a little bit, which I think is cool to see. You know, a lot of these teams have the one big superstar then some uh, supplementary uh, stars on the team as well. So, yeah, it, it's this set, sets up to be one of the more interesting NBA playoffs in a very long time. I remember you put out a bet before the NBA season either – I think it was two years ago for the for the Lakers to miss the playoffs at like nine to one or something like that. And I remember you getting roasted uh, on social media for that bet. Uh, turns out you're right. You're just like a year or two too uh, too early on that one. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers are a complete and total disgrace. Uh, you know, I was a little bit late on that, but it, they they. Every, how many excuses are these guys going to make? They want to make the excuse of, oh, well, LeBron missed this many games and Anthony Davis missed this many games. Take a look at the Miami Heat. How many games did right. Bam, Jimmy Butler, and Kyle Lowry miss? A lot. And they right. finished first in the Eastern Conference, which is the better conference. What about the team they share an arena with? The LA Clippers. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard all season. Paul George must have missed half the season. And here they are right. playing on, uh, on Tuesday night in the, the playoff or, or the play in to get in. What about the Brooklyn Nets? That's going to be the most dramatic Shout season. Out Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, the drama that team went through, a lot of it self-inflicted, but still, Kyrie didn't even play in half the games. Kevin Durant missed a ton of games. They need to tr- trade James Harden. So, uh, just ridiculous excuses for the Lakers, and it's a complete and total disgrace, like I said. And... I am a LeBron James fan, but he makes it hard sometimes. I have been a LeBron James apologist in the past. I think a lot of the criticism uh, is unfair towards him, especially, you know, when, when they do the, well, Jordan 6-0 and in the finals and LeBron is 4 and whatever it is, 4-6, and 4-7. and seven. I don't even know what it's up to right now. One of those finals you can criticize him for when the Heat lost to the Dallas Mavericks. But, uh, yeah, LeBron's making it tough. 
uh, he just wants to reload every year, and they absolutely blew it with that Russell Westbrook guy, another guy who I've been an apologist for, but I can't really defend him much this season. So, yeah, the Lakers blew it, and it's kind of unfortunate because uh, when the Lakers are in, involved, when they're in the mix, it makes things more interesting. It adds more drama, just like I don't like the Yankees either. But when the Yankees are playing in October, it makes things more interesting. So that's just the way she goes, though, I guess. Yeah, another team uh, to kind of support, you know, the examples you're giving out there. Weren't the Grizzlies like 18-2 and two without John Morant this year? Yeah, and that's another example. Uh, Memphis, you know, they don't, they don't have a whole lot of household names, right? Did they have anyone else who got right. a sniff of the All-Star game? Maybe, maybe you could uh, d- debate a few guys there, but that's not a super deep uh, stack team, but they just play good basketball together. Same with the Dallas Mavericks. They got that one guy, Luka. And then after that, did anyone else even get a sniff of the All-Star game? Not really. So, yeah, there's just too many excuses there for L.A. Luka Doncic is second best Luka in the NBA next to Luka Garza. But, Joe, we are going to end uh, with a brand-new segment that I'm introducing on this episode. It's called Decide Your Future. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to list two futures uh, at a time. The two futures will have similar odds, if not the identical odds. And you okay. just tell me which of the two you would rather bet on. Okay. It can be a simple, you can just say one, one or the other, or if you feel like expanding on it, you can. Okay. Let's do it. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do it. NBA championship odds. I'm starting with the Dallas Mavericks, 25 to one Denver Nuggets, 25 to one. Which one would you rather bet on? I would go with the Denver Nuggets. They're going to have uh, the best player on the court for a lot of these games. Of course, we know Luka, pretty big red flag there. He's probably going to miss a handful of games in the opening series. Now, I don't necessarily like Denver. I don't think I'm not going to pick them to get by Golden State. But if I need to pick one of those teams, I'd go with Denver for sure. Sticking in the NBA, Miami, Miami Heat or 76ers, both are at 12-1. to 1. Oh, that's easy. Easy, easy. The Miami Heat. Now, I talked about uh, how all those guys missed a bunch of games, Jimmy, uh, Bam, and Kyle Lowry. And despite that, they still won a bunch of games and finished first in the Eastern Conference. The Philadelphia 76ers, they're not going to get a sniff of the Eastern Conference Finals. You can mark that one down. God damn it, James Harden. You trust this guy in a big spot? I don't. Uh, You trust Doc Rivers in a big spot? I don't. So, yeah, Miami Heat easily. Side note, do they get past the Raptors, though? Ooh, Philly. The, the Raptors are the sexy pick. Everyone likes the Raptors as an underdog. Right, that, series. that makes me I, I nervous. Philly's more talented. They got the best two players on the court. So, yeah, I'm a Raptors fan, but I'd probably have to lean towards Philly. Okay, let's switch over to World Series odds. Houston Astros plus 950 against the defending champion Braves plus 950. I'd go with Houston. I think that uh, – I think – that they're more talented. I think it's funny coming into the season, Houston, it it seems as if they were a bit of an afterthought for people for some reason, despite the fact that they made the World Series last year. I know they lost Correa, but they got a lot of good young players on that team. That's another team that's not afraid to uh, spend some money at the trade deadline. There was pretty good value on them versus the Angels in that opening opening series to the season there. You could have got them as an underdog a few times. I missed out on that. But, yeah, I'd go with the Astros. Which of the two New York teams? You got the Yankees 10-1 to or the Mets 14-1? to Ooh, I don't really like either, but I would go with the Mets because the Yankees play a much more difficult division. 
So I'd go with the Mets, but major red flags with uh, the DeGrom injury. I think that that Scherzer contract is going to be turn out to be a mistake, and that Lindor contract might look in a couple of years like the worst contract in baseball. So a lot of red flags for the Mets there, but I'll take them over the Yankees. Uh, a couple of dark horses. You got the San Fran Giants at twenty-eight to one, or the Seattle Mariners at twenty-eight to one. Man, I like the Giants. I took the over on their their win total coming into the season. Now I don't expect them to repeat the season they had last year, where I think they had one hundred and seven wins. They were like the best team in baseball, easily the best bet in baseball in terms of money line betting. And you know they lost Kevin Gosman. But, uh, you know, you look up and down that roster and there's nothing really sexy. They got a good bullpen. But, uh, you know, I think they can get back into the mix here this year. So I go with the Giants. I think I'd go Mariners in that one. I kind of like their young core. Um, Switching over to Super Bowl. A few Super Bowl ones here. Two Los Angeles teams, Rams at 12 to 1 or the Chargers at 15 to 1. Man, the Chargers are a sexy pick. Everyone loves the Chargers preseason every year. And for whatever reason, it it doesn't work out. Um, And just that division that they play in so tough. I'd go with the Rams. Uh, I'd take the Rams over uh, the Chargers. Yeah, Rams are going to have a lot easier path to the playoffs. Uh, Two teams that are both at 18-1. to You have the uh, defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals or the Dallas Cowboys. I go with the Bengals. I think that the Bengals did a fantastic job this offseason. Like, it, it's so silly. Some teams, it's like, here's this glaring flaw you have with your team. Obviously, the one that the Bengals had was their offensive line. And what do you know? They go out and they improve their offensive line, right? How, uh, how genius of them to figure that out. So I would go with them. I think the Cowboys are going to be a disappointment. They're just delaying the inevitable with Mike McCarthy. He won't be coaching the Dallas Cowboys this time next year. So I'd go with Cincinnati. Yeah, Yeah, I was definitely one of those guys that ripped on them for not drafting an offensive lineman last year and Mm -hmm. taking Jamar Chase. And uh, I turned out to be dead wrong about that. So kudos (laughs) to the the Bengals. Me too. (laughs) Uh, NFL MVP, Justin Herbert 10-1 or Joe Burrow 12-1. I'd go with Herbert. I think he's going to have uh, – I think he'll fill the stat sheet a little bit better. I don't think the defenses are as good in his division. I know that they improved that offensive line as well. So I'll take Herbert. And as you know, that saddens me as a Miami Dolphins fan because uh, he could be playing on the team right now. But, yeah, I would take, uh, take Herbert to uh, fill it up a little bit more and uh, give the nod to him. And we'll finish with this one, Joe. Odds to win the Stanley Cup, the Toronto Maple Leafs at ten to one, or the Pittsburgh Penguins at eighteen to one. Oh, the Penguins! Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is a battle-tested team with nothing but absolute grit on that roster, Ian. You know the the Maple Leafs. It, it doesn't matter who. It's it's like Gonzaga basketball. Like there's turnover players every year, new guys coming in. They just can't get it done when it matters most, right? And I hope you know that the Leafs, it's coming. They're going to be up 3-1 in the series, and they're going to choke it right away. <laughs> Hopefully, to the Penguins. I would love to see that. So, yeah, I'll go with uh, the Penguins and uh, Sid the Kid and Manly Malkin to uh, be lifting their, their four Stanley Cup. The Leafs just have no goaltending. They have absolutely no faith in them in these playoffs, and I'm sure they will be leading the first uh, series, and as soon as they get up 3 nothing or 3-1, I'll be hammering the other side like they did last year, the Canadians, so... <laughs> Looking forward to at least winning some money uh, on my heartbreak. 
Uh, but that's all I got for you, Joe. Thank you for joining me once again at JTFOZ on Twitter. I'm sure you are all following him already. Uh, thanks a lot, Joe. Good luck with your bets this week uh, and everything uh, to come in the future. Thank you, my man. Make sure you get that appearance fee over to me by midnight tonight. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll send you that invoice. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Good luck with your bets. The wire transfer is on its way. should be there soon. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.